Um, so, um, I want to speak to you this morning, um, but I just kind of, as we were worshipping, I just kind of thought, you know, there's something else. There was something that kind of really struck me. And, you know, as a dad, kind of, like as a parent, those of you who are parents, kind of, you look at your kids and they, and they do stuff and you, and you get really proud. And I was there and I was kind of watching Melody. And um, we, we should have had um, Andy with us playing keys um, this week, but um, Deborah um, booked him a surprise. Um, birthday two weeks in the Outer Hebrides and forgot it was very fresh but they've gone off and they've been blessed and I was kind of like oh no we're going to have to sort some stuff out and then it was amazing Ben stepped in and did some stuff for us on that on uh, the first night and then Ruth's been playing as well as doing kind of kitchen stuff and then Melody had kind of piped up last week and she has some piano lessons but she never played in church and and we got Ruth's old um, stage piano out of the garage and she started playing with it and she started playing some stuff I was just kind of like, oh, it's great. And then just watching her worship uh, and playing today, I just thought, oh, do you know what? I'm watching this and I'm so proud as an, as an earthly dad. And I just just, I just I got this kind of sense of God saying, do you know what? When I, when I watch you, when I watch you worship, when I watch you do the things that I'm calling you to do, when you step out and you, you put into practice all this teaching you hear and stuff, I'm just there going, oh, yeah. Keep going, keep going. I'm so proud of you. And God's that, that heavenly Father. And I just wanted to share that with you um, this morning, just first up. And just want to really encourage you. And just, you know, if, you know, again, we've said a couple of times, if you're still on this journey, kind of, you know, I just want to tell you that just putting your trust in Jesus is one of the most amazing things you'll ever do. It's the most amazing thing, not one of, just the most amazing thing you'll ever do. He's such a good Father. Right, okay, so um, most of you know. Uh, that know me kind of like I have this moment um, during refresh where I suddenly realise I need to kind of like decide what I'm talking about uh, and we do this and we used to do it at the church holiday and kind of we have a visiting speaker come in and, uh, and I kind of don't know exactly what they're going to say so I kind of wait and think I need to have some time uh, and do stuff so I was sat in my room and by the light of the iPad um, jotting some things down last night about what I want to talk to you about uh, and I just got this impression that uh, that Jesus just wants us to, to just be in his presence. Jesus wants us to soak in his presence. And I, I started looking at, um, at my Bible uh, and I came to Luke 10 uh, in verse 38. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you can uh, turn to that, but it should be up on the screen as well. There you go, like clockwork, Tom. We're getting there, we're getting there. Right, I just want to read this to you. Okay, so it's Luke 10, uh, starting at... Um, verse 38, going through just to verse 42. Okay, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, I don't know where they were on their way to, okay, we just know they were on their way, okay. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so we, we get this story, and um, like so many kind of kind of big stories and things that we that we hear about and we we read about. Um, in the Bible, it's, it's not actually as many verses as we think. So it's a story we remember, and maybe we're taught in Sunday school and stuff. It's only, 
you know, four verses long in there. And Jesus is heading through somewhere. And he gets this invitation to stop. He gets this invitation to go to somebody's house. It's Martha. Okay, Martha opens the house. Martha invites Jesus to come and spend some time. She initiates the opportunity and kind of as much as we can gather, Mary's just there. Okay, she's just there. But the invitation is from Martha. And then uh, a little bit like um, kind of family meals at Christmas, certainly like Mary's just running around. So Martha's just running around. She's like getting the best china out. She's thinking, I've invited Jesus in now. I've got to put on the best show. I've got to get the food ready. I've got to clean the place. I've got to get everything ready for him. You know, she's going around. She's doing everything like mad. Like, you know, my, my nan and granddad at Christmas, it was like kind of preparing like the house for Christmas for like a month before. And then kind of all the way through Christmas, like Eve, we'd have a big family meal on Christmas Eve. And most of the time, my nan would like spend in the, in the kitchen. It's like this really important family event, but actually like, Half the family are just in the kitchen, like frantically working away, and other people are sitting around. Can we, yeah, can we actually like speak to each other? Um, but we used to have amazing family times. So it was so much preparation, so much that had to go into it. And, and Martha's invited Jesus, but then Jesus has come in, and then she's gone to work, and she's invited him because she wants to spend time with him. But then she gets distracted. See, she's doing all that. She's busy, so busy, making everything absolutely right that she completely misses the point. Okay, it's not, um, she misses the point. It's not in the doing of the things. It's in the waiting that real change comes. You know, she's trying to make everything right. And the only one, the only person who truly can make everything right is sitting there in the corner and he's waiting. And while Martha's doing all this, her sister Mary has kind of just clocked on to, to what's really happening. Clocked on to what the opportunity really is. And it's not about what we can do for Jesus. It's about what Jesus can do for us. So she sits down and she's just kind of chilling out. And that would have been quite unusual because it was, it was really unusual for a, 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 a female to be sat at the feet of a teacher. Okay, in those times, okay, the, the teachers would have picked people to be their disciples, their followers, and they would have learned from them. And the men would have gathered around and maybe the women were off doing what, uh, what Martha was doing. But Mary sat there and she wants to hear she wants to be around Jesus. If Jesus is going to do or say anything, Mary wants to be there. Mary wants to hear it. She wants to know exactly what it is. She wants to give him her full attention. So there's Martha, and she's, she's running around, and she's getting irritated at her sister. Because she thinks, well, I'm doing all these things, and I think all these things are really, really important. And I want to make everything absolutely right for Jesus, because he's a massively important guest, and he's in my house. And she thinks that Mary is letting her down. She thinks that Mary needs to be as busy as she is. She thinks that, that Mary needs to get every last little detail right with her. So this experience with Jesus 
in the, in, the, in the moment that it leads up to, this one little moment she's focusing on, everything is perfect. She wants to make herself, her home, her moment perfect. So she starts to strive and she starts to try and do and do and do and make and make and make. All this time Mary's just sat there. She's getting annoyed. I like this way that she does. She turns to like, as if Jesus is like the parent. Those of you who are parents, or in fact, those of you who are just children and have had parents, will identify with the phrase, tell her. <laughs> right, okay. Right, the number of times, right, my sister, Naomi, she used to have this little phrase, and she'd, she'd go up like, when she was quite little, so I'm probably kind of like younger than Noah. And Naomi's a couple of years younger than me. And she'd have this phrase where she'd like come down like all like frustrated and she'd go, Mom, tell him. And Mom would go, tell him what? And she'd just go on and moan about everything that I was doing. And uh, Mom would go to pretty right, but tell him. Tell him to sort it out. She, so she goes to Jesus then as just this person who's going to sort out her immediate problem. Okay, she's got this crazy paradox where she's invited this person in who is the focus, but then she makes something else the focus, which is the getting ready. And then she asks Jesus to tell other people to, to get their focus off him and sort out what she wants to do. Because Mary's just lazing about in Martha's eyes. Mary's just chilling out without a care in the world. Martha's just missed the point. She's really, really missed the point. She's irritated because her sister is not investing in her priorities. And do you know what? This is family issues. But we're community, we're family, and the church is community, the church is family. And sometimes we can get really irritated with other people in our churches because they're not investing in um, our priorities. What we think are the things that we need to do. What we see is the little details. What we see is things that need sorting out, like those two pixels in there or there. There's four or five of them okay, that occasionally change a different colour. And I've been watching them all week. All right, okay. And they've been driving me insane. All right, okay. And I can do nothing about it. Not even Tom and his amazing soldering skills. Okay, can sort that out. All right. But people don't invest in our priorities or they don't see things... Uh, being the same importance as we do. Right, maybe they, they've got a different priority when it comes to how they want to worship. Okay, that's a big thing that we, we struggle with sometimes. We don't understand sometimes how people connect uh, in different ways to we connect. Okay, and I, I loved, there was a brilliant idea, okay? Any of you that are involved in churches where there's any kind of struggle with this, Darren has come up with the world's best solution. Why nobody has talked about this before, I do not know. Okay, at the back of the room, we still have a load of silent disco headsets. Darren's suggestion is this. If you have people in your church who like modern worship, if you have people who like hymns, you find a playlist, you find songs that are the same length, and you just give them silent disco headsets. It might sound awful if you're not wearing one, Right, okay, but this might be a real solution. And do you know what? Maybe maybe we can all just get together and start some kind of company where we start silent worship headsets, things, and we're just going to make a fortune. We're going to market in America because I reckon that's where it will work best. Right, okay, and when we're going to do that, it's going to be amazing. But at priorities. Okay, I'm terrible. I'm absolutely terrible at kind of like looking at stuff and 
And you know, I was talking to, to San and that, that word he had for me the other day about being a dreamer. That's, that's what I, I am. He, he, not on my social media, but I think it says something like, I'm a dreamer, okay, in the title on there. He'd not seen that. Uh, he didn't know that. And I can dream things, I can see things, but I'm not always the best at making them happen. All right, so when I've been kind of in the office on my own, kind of the last couple of weeks, uh, I'm kind of like seeing all this stuff that needs to happen, or in my head needs to happen. Okay, for a refresh, and then I'm trying to, trying to make it happen, and I'm rushing around, and do you know what I realised when I was writing this, that I was, I was just being Martha. And I was legging it around everywhere, and I was getting really stressed about things that I didn't need to get stressed about, and I was getting stressed about, you know, how am I going to fit those great big shapes to the ceiling? And what if it all falls down? And what if I put it up and wreck the whole of Quinta and the ceiling falls down and they kick us out before we've even started? And then I've got all these people who are coming to refresh and, you know, I, you know, I can stress over a little bit of ceiling and refresh. But actually, you know what, there's some, some kind of amazing things that, that were going on and, and in the preparation, some of us have been Martha's, and some of us have been Marys, and I don't know about you, but one of the really, really precious things for me about coming to Refresh is when I get to my room, and, and, and there's a little envelope or a card, and I open it up, and it's for me. It's literally just for me. And some people have really been being Marys for the last few months, and they've been praying for people, and they've been asking God to give... Uh, to give verses for people, and I hope you've all had those. If not, tell me later and we'll find out where yours went, okay? But everybody should have had this kind of individual message because some people have taken some time to be Mary and to just sit and to just listen to what God's saying. Let's remember that our priorities, that we're upset with some people for not investing in, are not necessarily God's priorities. Do you know what? As much as Mary was waiting um, for Jesus to speak, to do something, so she could hear it all, Jesus was waiting for Martha to listen. Jesus is waiting for us as much as we're waiting and he's patient and, he, and he's going to wait for you to actually come to him and get rid of everything else that's going on and get rid of all your priorities and just say, Jesus, what do you want for me? What do you want to say to me? What do you want me to experience? And that's amazing, isn't it? That's that fantastic... Um, piece of artwork that I forget what it's called with uh, the picture of Jesus um, standing at the door waiting outside and it's that symbolic look of the, uh, of the door to our heart the door to, uh, to everything that we are that everything that God created us for, for us to in invite Jesus in because Jesus is standing outside in this picture and if you look at the door there's no handle on the outside Okay, that handle, it's not that there's no handle because Jesus can't open the door, okay? Because there's nothing that Jesus can't do. But Jesus waits for us to wait for him. He waits for us to wait for him. And, and there's that opportunity where he's standing there and he's saying, I'm here. I'm here and I'm going to knock on that door. And in little things that you hear and, and little things that you see, there's, Jesus is knocking and he's saying, you know, let me in. Let me in. I'm not going to force my way in. 
I'm going to open the door myself. Open that door. Let me come in. Spend some time. Do you know what? Jesus has got so much that he wants to say to us individually. He's got different things to say to every one of us. He's got some things that he's going to speak to all of us about. And as we live in community, uh, whether it's at PHCC or whatever church you're coming from, representing what you hear, that sometimes Jesus is going to speak to us as a community. Sometimes he just wants to speak to you and he just wants to tell you how important you are. And he wants you to, to feel special and he wants you to feel loved. And... When we're so busy just trying to do stuff, we forget just to be. Okay, and that's sometimes something that I have to really challenge myself sometimes to to be a human being, not a human doing. Okay, <laughs> uh, just to be me, just to be who God designed me to be, to live as He designed me to live. And sometimes when we talk about spending time in God's presence, I mean, sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit uh, coming and ministering to us. We talk about soaking. Okay, and, and um, while we're away at Naturally Supernatural, um, Noah was loving. They were having kind of soaking time in the, in the kids' ministry stuff, and they were just kind of lying around on the floor uh, and listening to worship music uh, and letting God speak to them and just being in his presence. And he... He kind of loved it. He was a bit worried that he might fall asleep a couple of times because he was that kind of chilled out. And my worry would be that I would fall asleep and just start snoring, kind of in the middle of it. I'm convinced I don't snore, but Ruth tells me I do. All right, I've never heard myself snore, so there you go. Um, but, so soaking. Okay. Um, you know, if we're in kind of liquid and we're soaking it, it, it changes us. I, I love hummus, okay, right? Okay, love a bit of hummus. Uh, it's not called humus. Humus, me moose. If you've ever seen that, if you've ever seen that clip, okay, there's a there's a clip on Harry Hill uh, of Delia Smith, and she's doing this. Um, she did some series about like making meals from stuff that was already made. Do you know what I mean? So it was all kind of like she made. He goes on about it and he says, though, so last week she made some kind of fish toasty, right, and all this kind of stuff. And she just used all this ready meal stuff. Uh, to which point, I'm wondering, at one point she's making hummus, and Harry Hill points out that surely the whole point of this show is ready-made things, just buy some hummus. But all the way when she's talking about it, she just keeps calling it hummus. So, and Harry Hill, you know, he cuts back in, so she's going, and we take the, we take the hummus, and he's going, me moose? <laughs> you moose? Ah, hummus. Um, anyway, right, what was I saying? I like, I like hummus. Love a bit of hummus. Okay, but um, if you've ever had like dried chickpeas, if you kind of ground them up and then tried to dip a carrot stick in it, it'd be rubbish. Okay, it'd be really terrible because you need to soak the the, the chickpeas and they they start to change and they take on the liquid. Right, a little bit like um, Lauren. Um, was soaked, okay, right, so Lauren got pushed in, um, or fell in, depending, or, you know, it was just a complete mix-up, depending on where you stand on this very important issue, uh, refresh, right, okay, there she is again, right, I know it does look like he's pushing her in that, but there's, there's this moment just on his face here, okay, right, where you realise that he's like a, and I just wish I had a, just a zoom in on both of their faces at the point where she realised she was going, and Sean realised that the point of no return had been passed. Um, but 
do you know what, actually, Lauren's experience of getting soaked in the swimming pool actually changed how she responded to her environment, okay, it changed her experience of the pool party, all right, because she was imagining a nice dry pool party where she just went round and like occasionally picked up a beach ball and threw a Luke or something and uh, stayed nice and dry. And, you know, she was perfectly warm and fine and comfortable with her clothes when she was walking up to the pool party. And then on the way back, she was kind of shivering and telling me she was like the coldest she'd ever been. All right, and if she was complaining of cold, you know, Tom, Tom's frozen fingers playing down at the bonfire last night for us. That was amazing. It didn't show a new plane. It was amazing. Uh, but it changed Lauren's experience of her environment and how she reacted and how she interacted with her environment. She was soaked. And we need to be changed sometimes. We need to be softened up. Sometimes we need to uh, kind of stay our physical state changed because we try and be something. Phil talked about that, didn't he? About striving to be someone else trying to be someone else, but God created us to be us, to be exactly uh, as he wanted us to be. I want to read to you again, uh, and this time we're in the book of John, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Okay, and, and we think, okay, and I can say this, we, we're pretty sure, uh, but we can't say for definite that we're talking about the same Mary and the same Martha. All right, because unfortunately, the Bible like, doesn't give us like passport numbers and national insurance numbers so we can cross-reference people. Okay? But we're pretty sure this is the same Mary and the same Martha. It says this, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Here Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, we could have guessed that, while Lazarus was amongst those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard. Okay, let me explain to you that nard is this like kind of amazing kind of essential oil perfumey type thing. All right, I know it wouldn't work well in a modern perfume ad, would it? You know, when they have all these people looking like amazing and like really arty, and they're like nard. Uh, it sounds a bit like lard, doesn't it? But um, all right, so it's this nard. Okay, she takes this nard, uh, about a pint of it. Okay, so that is a lot of perfume. Okay, it's expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I don't know if you've ever, um, like, dropped one of those. Have you ever had those reed diffuser things that you put, like, around the house? Have you ever dropped one of those and got the stuff everywhere and just the whole house? Are you saying no? Is that because you have? Yeah? All right, you're just telling me no. That's all right, it's fine. Leslie's never dropped one. Um, that sounded wrong. Um, she might have needed the reed diffuser in that situation. Um, but if you, I've dropped one of those reed diffusers down stairs. I said a reed diffuser, Darren. Um, I have dropped one of those reed diffusers down our stairs in our downstairs bathroom. In our downstairs bathroom, it's not the bathroom, it's a toilet. Um, and it smashed and it kind of went everywhere. And that stuff is so like, concentrated that the whole house began to smell of that, okay? Sometimes when Noah goes to the toilet, our whole house begins to smell of something else, but that is completely different. Um, what was it talking about? Um, right, so, <laughs> so this, this perfume, it like fills the entire house, okay, this pint of perfume, she's just kind of emptied it all over Jesus' feet and started wiping it with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. One of the disciples, Judas, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? 
it was worth a year's wages. Okay, there are times when uh, Mom and Steve, okay, they look after our finances at church. I, occasionally, I imagine their face in this time. What? You did what? You spent what? <laughs> um, right, okay. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Okay, that's a lot of perfume. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. A disclaimer at this point, I don't imagine your faces at that point in the story. <laughs> Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you'll not always have me. Okay, it starts off by saying that um, they were having this dinner, this meal that was given in Jesus' honour. Okay, so they're already honouring Jesus. Okay, he's done this amazing thing um, for Lazarus, uh, Mary and... Martha's um, brother and he's, he's been raised back to life incredible incredible thing and they thank him by throwing this this meal and they're celebrating Jesus and they're celebrating who he is and they're, they're hanging around with him it's already and um, worship it's already honoring and then then uh, Martha and this, so Mary takes this extra element to the honoring of Jesus she takes this extra level of extravagance this extra level of cost Again, she ends up at Jesus' feet. She's right there. Okay, we know that because she's so close to Jesus. She's so close to sitting and listening to him that she can wipe this perfume with her hair. Okay, I imagine it had to be quite long anyway. Like Darren would not stand a chance, or Sean, no, not a chance. Is you wiping at anybody's feet with your hair? Is there? Okay, so she's got a long hair, but she's got to be quite close. I'm sorry, mercilessly picking on you. Then that's not fair. Um. I probably won't stop that. Um, so she's there, she's worshipping extravagantly at this amazing cost. Okay, and she ends up covered in this perfume because in the act of breaking it out, in the fact of in the act of pouring it out, and then wiping Jesus' feet with her hair, she gets covered in the stuff herself. And if the house was filled with the fragrance. You know, she must have smelled, like, amazing, right, okay. So Jesus smells amazing because he's been anointed. And this stuff is not like our kind of perfume that kind of like is more water-based and you can waft around and walk through. Does anybody do that? Like, did, you know, you know, in films and stuff, they like spray it in the air and then walk through it. You do. I'm not buying you any expensive perfume again. Spray it on yourself. Um, right, so... Spreads it evenly all over your room. Anyway, okay. It's going to sound like I'm talking to myself on the podcast. Um, <laughs> if they don't already think I'm mad by this point. Right, anyway, so she ends up smelling like it. And, and this, this oil would have stayed on and, and, and clung and been there for ages. Not like our perfume that you kind of spray once and then have to go back and reapply every half an hour and stuff like that. Right, but they would have absolutely kind of just reeked of this amazing smell. Okay, so so Jesus would have been walking past people and, and this, this fragrance would have would have carried around him. So when people were in his, his presence, they would have they would have smelled it. But the thing is as well, you know, they would have smelled this smell. Jesus smells good, alright, okay? And then you've got Mary, and Mary would have been covered in the same stuff. And because she'd been hanging out in the presence of Jesus, and because she'd been worshipping, and she'd done this extravagant thing, this sacrifice of this really expensive possession, 
Okay, she would have ended up taking on the aroma of Jesus. <coughs> so there's something more than just soaking. Okay, when, when we soak chickpeas to, to make hummus, oh, okay, they, they just change their state. Okay, well, I don't know if you've ever cooked and marinated stuff, and kind of marinated chicken, and you put it in all these flavours, and you, you put it in the liquid, and then you wrap it up, and you leave it in the fridge to soak up. And it doesn't just change its state, it, it changes its aroma, it changes its flavour. And it's not just a surface thing, <coughs> okay, but it's a deep change. It's a deep change in the flavour of the meat. And I love that idea that when, we, when we're in the presence of Jesus, we're not just soaking, we're not just, we're not just uh, kind of outwardly changing a little bit, but actually we're taking on the flavour the aroma of Jesus, and we start to carry that presence of Jesus, and we start to carry um, that flavour that God brings into the world, and we start to take it with us. Not just on the surface, but, but deep down. And I loved, there was a picture there that um, Phil shared with us the other day. Uh, and that picture, the, the angels in in heaven worshiping that we read about in Revelation and the, the fact that they bow down in worship and they recognize the awesomeness of God and they bow down in worship and then when they lift their heads again they, they see him again and they see something new. I loved it when he was talking about it and they see something new and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And they bow down and they worship him again. And that's the same with us, that the more we experience Jesus, the more we spend time in his presence, the more we marinate in his goodness and in his flavour, the more we see, the more we desire of his presence. And the journey continues. Jesus said to, to Martha, you're so concerned about so many things. Mary's concerned about the few things that matter. Indeed, she's only concerned about one thing that matters. And that one thing was being with him. And it's so much better to do a few important things well, or one important thing well, than it is to spend our time and our energy doing so many thousands of things that don't really matter. When we do that, we start to find that thing that really matters. We spend time just being with God. We find our purpose. We find out what he really wants for us, what he designed for us to do. We identify our mission. We identify where he wants us to go, who he wants us to go to. And we're equipped for the journey that's ahead of us. Do you know what? I've always said that it's ironic for the team and, and the people who planned that we decided to call this conference Refresh, okay? Because we are anything but refreshed on Monday morning, Monday afternoon when we get home, okay? We, people stay up kind of like all through the night. Ruth was making like amazing banoffee pies and lemon and lime cheesecakes at like half past two this morning. Um, and not just home. So I just said half past two this morning. Listen, pay attention, mother. Sit at my feet. Um, no, don't sit at my feet. Um, change my socks. Um, I have changed my socks. Um, 
you're so bad at distracting me. Like my daughter and my mother just... I was about to say something really important. And no, um, so, you know, we, we need to take time. We need to actually sit down, and maybe this might actually be a practical thing, we need to write down all the things that we're doing. We need to write down all the things that, that we seem to think are important, that, that have priority in our lives. You know, or if you're a kind of person who doesn't need to see it visually, just think them through. Mentally picture, what is it that's important? What is it that's in our routine that we think we've got to do? That we think we need to do? What is it in our, in our, in our life at church that, that, that we think is our priority, that maybe we're getting annoyed that somebody else is not invested in that priority? And actually, maybe we need to just set them aside, spend some time with Jesus, and just actually learn what it is that he wants to say to us. And I just want us to, to be able to do that a little bit this morning. Um, so I'm just going to ask you if you just want to stand where you are. And we're going to pray. And it's not going to be anything complicated. It's not going to be anything like super difficult. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than just actually just take a bit of time to, to try and do nothing. To just listen. To just see what God wants to say to you. Um, and then, um, have we got something else we can do? We've got a song we can do just at the end. I don't know if you just want to um, just come up for a minute. But we're going to spend a moment, and, and just as we do that, and just as we worship to follow, you know, if God said something to you, uh, and that in that time of just saying, okay, God, just, just I'm empty, what do you want to say? We'd love to kind of to pray into that, and if that's something you want to share, um, There'll be a couple of us around uh, this way all um, just nap on us and, um, and we can share that. But this is more about you um, and God uh, this morning. Just to have that chance, just to, to listen to him. So we're just going to have a, a moment and uh, these guys just going uh, to play with us. So I'm just going to pray. So it might help you just to, to close your eyes, just to maybe um, just put your hands out, just hold your palms up. You know, it's not nothing magical, nothing um, just you know that we have to do. But sometimes it just helps us as as people to to, to visualise things and to say, God, I'm just going to let go of all the things that that are my priorities, and I'm just going to open my hands up to say, you know, what, what have you got for me? So let's just pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are an amazing God, that you're an amazing, amazing Father. Lord God, that you love us. Lord God, that more than anything, you want to spend time with us. God, that you, um, you sent your Son, Jesus, to be a once and for all sacrifice for us so that you could spend time with us, so that we could come into your presence. So that our, our sin would just be kind of wiped out in your eyes. And God, we just want to spend a moment with you. Priorities aside. And Lord God, we just ask you to speak. We thank you that you're a God that speaks to his people because he's interested in his people. 
just as we were just having that that moment of listening to God, I just felt like um, did somebody here that you've kind of like gone through kind of the, the, the last kind of um, few months and stuff, and you've been here and a couple of times, kind of. I know there were some there were times when uh, when Phil and Sam both said, you know, if for the first time you want to just ask God. Even if it's during the worship, just catch my eye and I'd love to pray with you this morning. 